0: Uh, We will discuss many interesting and challenging questions of our times that you, as a writer, as a futurist, are definitely fascinated by. First of all, I'd like to recommend to everyone your books, uh, Perfect Must-Reads, I think, for everyone interested in uh, the current uh, issues of the world and uh, especially in sci-fi genre. So thanks for writing them. I'm a big fan. Thank you so much. And the first question I'd like to ask is uh, about the technology behind those books, because I know that in one of your stories you used AI to write a portion of the text. Will it be a dominating technique for future writers to use AI for their stories? And will the AI maybe replace in future uh, human uh, writers of uh, flesh and blood?
1: Right. So I started to use AI as a collaborator uh, since 2017. So that was actually the year when Google launched uh, the algorithm uh, transformer and BERT, B-E-R-T. So during these four years actually has a lot of progress uh, happening in the industry level. For example, uh, OpenAI launched uh, GBT, which is uh, super powerful pre-trained uh, algorithm. Uh, you, you already read a lot from the news. So we started using them, uh, GPT-2, to learn how to write science fiction. So right now I have this kind of um, AI model, like study my writing style, and I can use it to generate it some paragraph uh, automatically. But I have to say, it's still way to go until you uh, until you can really have the machine write something fluent and as natural as chi- uh, human writers can do. For now, I can only pick some sentence and put it into my own uh, writing, so make it as a whole. So I think it's not pure AI. Uh, generated writing for now but I think in the future in a pretty long period of time AI could be a very powerful assistant uh, for human creators for example when you want to check any specific terms which might refer to some uh, specific uh, classic uh, works in the history so AI definitely can help you to do that so just like a search engine and another example is like it knows better than you do how you gonna use all these uh, nouns and verbs and how you combine all this kind of verse and what's your habit when you are using something on description etc cetera, etc. Cetera. So I think it's the way how writers gonna understanding how ourselves like own our writing style. So that's help us to break through the framework, our momentum.
0: Mm -hmm. on writing.
1: So there always something come out from the AI. Surprised me because I didn't think I can think from that perspective, but it always gives me some new inspiration that I might sometimes follow its direction. For example, it gives me a sentence like, actually the Mars is the opposite side of the Earth. So if we want to travel from the Earth to the Mars, actually you don't need to take the spacecraft, you just need to uh, flip over the paper just from one side to the other one. It's just like folding the space time. So that's something really hits me because I didn't think in that way. So maybe in the future, in the, I think in that case, maybe someday AI will be a real writers on some way, maybe win a Nobel prize award. Who knows?
0: Well, as you mentioned, paradoxically, the AI may help us better understand ourselves and our thinking process. So that's uh, quite interesting. You mentioned GPT-2 by OpenAI. subsidiary of google as far as i know Uh, have you ever played with gpt3 the most powerful neural network uh, generating texts as of today because uh, as far as i know uh, and i've uh, i've played with it a little bit i've been given access by uh, a tech expert uh, in this area and it's really impressive it's hundreds of times better than GPT-2 and it produces texts that are almost indistinguishable from uh, human texts. So it passes the Turing test easily. So have you, have you tried it?
1: Right. I didn't try because it didn't open access to uh, Chinese uh, users yet, but I think there's some um, Chinese tech companies, they try to build up some model like Equivalent to GPT-3 using all this kind of Chinese uh, materials across the internet. So I did try that myself. It's kind of like astonishing, as you mentioned. So I'm pretty looking forward because right now I think as like GPT-3 or even like something more advanced might open up to public use for some uh, academic people, uh, researchers, so they can use it like uh, with. uh, limited uh, uh, access. So I think there's a lot of possibilities there for people like me and even like doing this kind of like uh, academic uh, research can use GPT-2 to create some very interesting projects in the future. So I'm pretty looking forward to that kind of collaboration.
0: You say you're looking forward to those types of collaboration, but are you not afraid? Uh, that the AI will replace you maybe the AI will be better uh, in generating new plots uh, new ideas because it's more powerful uh, and human writers will become extinct as a
1: human writer I think the most important thing and the most in replaceable thing it's your unique voice and the way how you see the world and because this is all from our personal perspective uh, perspective, our perception of the world, our private experience, our childhood, et etc. et cetera. So all those uh, require a lot, a, a huge amount of like uh, embodiment uh, connection, which my, for now, I didn't think any kind of AI or machine can reach that point, not in the, I don't know, in the next Twenty years. So you first you need to build a body for the AI and build up all these kind of super sophisticated uh, sensories and not to mention we have to build up the whole perception uh, system for the machine for the algorithm. So I think all of those still be the privilege of human beings. So I'm not afraid of being taken, being replaced by AI as a creator, but I'm thinking about like, actually AI can help us to go beyond, beyond the binary because we are still limited in our human body, in our human uh, individual uh, perspective, but maybe AI as a, something very object, objective function, optimization driven algorithm, it might go beyond that kind of binary so i'm pretty much i think it's not challenging i think it's opportunity for all of us so i'm pretty much i'm embracing it i'm not afraid to be taken over
0: mm-hmm. i see so you are a techno optimist so am i uh, let's go <laughs> for the better uh outcome let's uh, talk about uh, the ai development in general uh, you've re- uh, you've recently co-authored a book uh, ai 2041 ten visions for our future with uh, jointly with kai fu lee uh, you provide uh, several scenarios of uh, the future dominated by the ai uh, you definitely uh, have heard of uh, some scientists uh, claiming that Mm, some of those scenarios may lead to our doomsday, to uh, even the extinction of humanity as a whole, because the superintelligent AI uh, may mm, destroy us, may uh, use uh, humans, for example, as resources. Uh, what do you think of uh, such scenarios? How likely are they and how we can prevent them, if we can?
1: Yeah, I think uh, before we already read and watched so many uh, dystopian stories from uh, science fiction and movies like Terminators, uh, X-Bakina, 2001 Space Odyssey, uh, all those images of AI and robots are pretty much hostile, bleak, competitive, so they're trying so hard to dominate human beings. And even like uh, human extinction, like uh, uh, like like uh, afterward, but in our book, I think is really unlikely to have that kind of scenario happen over the next 20 years because we think the technology is not even close to that kind of like self-generated uh, consciousness of AI yet. So in the book, actually, we talk about a little bit of like a post apocalypse scenario about autonomous uh, with weapon yeah. which but also like creates and initiate by human so actually i think in the in the next 20 years ai will be an amplifier of humanity, no matter it's like from the positive way or from the negative way, because it's so powerful, but now it seems like it's kind of by design to be a very recursively calculating um, uh, algorithm, so it's just self-rehencement. So I think it will blow up all these kind of bad things in humanity, even on social media and also uh, uh, everywhere. But I think the real problem is how we can come up with some, no matter it's like regulation, law enforcement, or on the academic uh, level, how we can recorrect all this kind of bias and discrimination because all this kind of data set, they might have bias, they might have blind spots. So how we can have this kind of AI really serve for everyone, but not for those privileged people, for those AI superpower countries, but for everyone individual equally on this planet Earth. As much important as like it should play a very important role to uh, fight against climate change, and the biodiversity extinction as well. So all this kind of thing is what we're discussing in the book
0: yeah that is the question uh, if we can cope with uh, uh, the inequality uh, escalated by the development of the ai but let me reiterate the question uh, regarding the future i see that you don't believe uh, that uh, within 20 years uh, the ai will become sentient but what about the longer time span is it possible for the ai to become conscious and uh, maybe overpower and rule the humankind
1: right so that tap into the area how we define consciousness and how we define intelligence so i think is it it is not uh, it is unnecessary to have some kind of agency with intelligence have to uh, create some kind of self-consciousness for example like uh, the mobile phone the laptop any kind of smart devices we're using every day. You can call it some kind of non-consciousness intelligence agency for now. But as so far as uh, we might know, nothing about like how consciousness is really from like the uh, human neural uh, network level, how it emerges from uh, chaos. So I think Maybe in the future, it, it's quite possible because if we accumulate enough amount of like uh, gigaton, uh, uh, gigabyte uh, of data, and we somehow manage to have itself generate some kind of like order, it's just like a emergence or complexity uh, perspective. So it could be, come up with something pretty similar with what we so call the consciousness right now. But I'm not sure if that is the same thing as we understand human consciousness for now because it might be something totally different. It might see the world, see the life form, see the civilization from a totally different perspective. So um, I don't think maybe... It would go as human expected or afraid of, like, take over the world, like, conquering all our human species or, like, erasing us, like, uh, the whole uh, uh, civilization from the the, the planet. But maybe it will take us as something totally different. For example, it might totally be indifferent with... Who we are, what we are doing—it just pure exist. Just I remember, as the ancient Chinese Taoism philosophy mm-hmm. said, like the, the the heaven and the earth is totally indifference. It just doesn't care any kind of species exists on the planet. It just let it go. So I think maybe that could be the thing which was described in. Uh, Love uh, Lambs uh, Solaris, which was one of my favorite science fiction, so it actually described that scenario.
0: Yeah, it's uh, a really beautiful proverb that you mentioned. So as you correctly, in my opinion, perfectly correctly said, uh, the problem is uh, that we don't know actually what uh, consciousness is, even for humans. We have not uh, uh, define, uh, we, we, we have not a universally agreed definition of what it is. So how, how to measure whether the AI is conscious or not? Uh, that's the question. Well, philosophers have been grappling with it for de- decades. Maybe, maybe we will see in our lifespans the resolution of this issue. What do you think uh, of the current uh, situation in the world with the ecology, with the global warming? Will we be able to overcome it, to cope with it?
1: I hope it's not getting too late because I'm pretty much closely following all the stuff happened in Scotland, the COP26, so see if anything concrete happening. So yeah, I have to say the goal is pretty challenging, even like for China to set up this kind of goal for, reach carbon neutrality on 2016 60 is pretty challenging because we are so much rely on the fossil energy so is the foundation of our modern civilization so i think it requires a lot of like radical breakthrough te- technologically and like green uh, clean energy and how to storage those energies, for example, from the sun, from the wind. And right now, I think we're still not there yet because the material science is didn't find out anything um, with higher capacity and more efficiency than lithium. And that's the bottleneck, how Uh, to stop us from like uh, massively using this kind of green energy. And also we're pretty much looking forward to the uh, uh, implementation of uh, uh, fusion energy, which might always 50 years away from now. So it's almost become a joke, but uh, like people are trying so hard in China and also all around the world. So I think unless those areas uh, problem was solved, we are so difficult to uh, reverse all this kind of damage uh, causing by the uh, fossil energy industry and all this kind of carbon emission by, brought by human activity all around the world over the previous hundreds of years so as we all experience the climate change is becoming even more extreme uh, this year so i think also the Nobel prize on physics was giving to complexity uh, science who uh, uh, precisely uh, predicted the relationship the current correlation between the global warming Mm -hmm. with uh, human economic activities so that means we are actually found the proof that nobody can deny so the rest of the thing is how we are going to solve it so because it's all across different geopolitical issues and different ideology across different societies we need to try very hard to create this kind of consensus then we can make a small step forward However, like, uh, I think on the agreement of COP 26, I think the, it's kind of conservative and it's kind of disappointing mm-hmm. to me And because people are being too cautious, being too conservative on making the move. So I think if we don't make the radical move, I think there's not that much time left for us, like every one of us on this planet. So I'm pretty hope there'll be some science fictional turning points ahead of us to happen, which might totally save the world. But yeah, who knows?
0: Yeah, let's hope that we invent something before it's too late because uh, the, issue, <laughs> right. the issue is colossal. Uh, would you agree to transfer in your consciousness uh, into the digital world? if it were possible would you become a digital entity inside a machine so that's about digital immortality that's uh, uh, some transhumanists some futurists say it's possible others say it it is not what do you think about that so
1: i think what what i'm gonna do is make a copy of myself like and upload it or transfer it into anywhere uh in the virtual world or into a a machine body. So, because you never know if it's going to work. But meanwhile, I'm thinking about maybe our consciousness is some kind of quantum effect with entanglement. When I got the point that I can um, make a copy of myself and transfer in somewhere else alternatively, Maybe we have built up this kind of like, like a re-entanglement between the two entities so I can totally feel how it feels in a virtual world or in a like machine body. So I think that's even better, right? Because right now I can enjoy like double life. So that's my like selfish thinking.
0: <laughs> so uh, the positive side of it is that you can be Uh, at two points uh, at the same time right Uh, in the digital world uh, learn about things uh, live there and also experience the real life in flesh Uh, are there any drawbacks drawbacks
1: I think when I'm getting too old or some incurable disease like I'll definitely go uh, virtual so yeah that's the way how you make the longevity and yeah why not just give it a shot
0: if you had uh, to choose uh, let's uh, uh, imagine a possible scenario of the future uh, where you can have uh, physical immortality uh, longevity etc or you can choose uh, you can opt for a digital immortality I live forever mm-hmm. in the cloud which one would you choose fundamentally
1: they're the same when you have this kind of like immortality so no matter is in physical world or in the digital world they're fundamentally the same because when you live long enough you will find a way to connect to break through all this kind of different plans so across all these binaries and boundaries uh, because you have this kind of eternity life and time. So there's nothing you can do but keep developing your uh, intelligence and your technology. Then ultimately, I think the final question is whether there is like boundaries of our universe. And if outside of it and the next question is if there's a creator of above of us all because I know Russia is a very uh, Catholic um, society yeah. uh, correct me correct me if I got it wrong so I think the ultimate question is who created us and what's the purpose if this universe created us so what's the purpose So that's a very rational thinking, but I think that's the ultimate question for all civilization and intelligence species
0: in the world. Which traditional world trends and genres in literature gave you the platform for synthesizing uh, your model of the future?
1: Right now, I'm really thinking about, like I'm revisiting a lot of myth, mythology, and folklore and even, like, Greek uh, mythologies. So I definitely found a lot of, like, um, wisdom and philosophy, for sure, in those ancient um, thousand years ago uh, words and stories and narratives. So I think definitely there are so many uh, things there still waiting us to reconnect with them, and I think maybe the solution of like all this kind of problem we're facing nowadays is there. Because in China we have this kind of old saying from Taoism, like um, um, So the the individual with the cosmos is actually united, and they're the one so i think this actually is a very simple expression of like how we human uh, species should uh, coexist in a harmonious way with other species on the planet rather than exploitating the nature and other species and that causing all uh, so many ecological environmental problems so I think that's totally something like our ancestor already aware of thousand years ago but now it seems to forget all of those so I think that's something always reminds me you have to bear it in mind like those people our ancestors they are not barbarians but there's someone might be way smarter than us. So, yeah, that's totally fascinating.
0: Well, uh, by reading your books, you can see that you have deep respect for traditional uh, Chinese culture, and uh, it's really unique and interesting. All those proverbs that you quote, marvelous, marvelous. Will books uh, become interactive in future? Uh, will there be uh, problematic to print books uh, in the traditional format? Will the uh, interactive new form of uh, book publishing prosper? I think the book with
1: pure test format will be less and less and maybe just for some um, very well-educated, privileged people, um, collectors. But as everyone might see right now, it's getting into the era of like games like gamification so everything could become a game so the game is actually rooted on some kind of narrative storytelling so it's also like about literature and 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 fiction for sure so but it requires a lot of different uh intermedium uh format to to express all these kind of ideas so I think totally in the future, we might have this kind of books or whatsoever you call it, but we, can, we will be able to interact, to be engaged in a, in a very immersive way or even in the metaverse. Mm-hmm. So you can still read, it can, you, can expi- you can experience it, you can even like using the neural link, to directly connect mm-hmm. your sensation into uh, someone else's memories or experience or uh, his narratives. So I think that's some new way of reading for sure. And I, I, I couldn't see why not because that's what we human beings always pursuing like over thousands of years we're pursuing more and more realistic Experience. We have bigger screens. We have higher definition. We have more interaction uh, interfaces, etc., etc. This is all like like pursuing closer and closer to our uh, physical experience in this world.
0: I wonder how such books would look like uh, in Metaverse. For those of the viewers who don't know, uh, Metaverse is a VR universe to be created in future, supposedly by um, technological giants of our time. Uh, Facebook, which has been renamed as Meta, or maybe its competitors. So uh, my question is, what would be the difference? Books in metaverse, will there be, I don't know, uh, some AR, VR letters floating around you or how will they look? What do you think? For
1: now, the limitation is our imagination. So because everything is digital in metaverse, so it's not necessary to be a book. It could be anything. It could be a toy, it could be uh, Android, shape of person, or it can it, it, it could be a theme park. So, but like it's doing everything right now we're doing on a book, like we, we can read it, we can using our imagination to uh, fill in the gap, and we can interact with them. So totally there's uh, there's another way of saying we're playing a video game. I think it's much more immersive because right now we need to this kind of like uh, mobile phone, we have an interface which is quite obviously block us from the reality. but in the metaverse it means like uh, just uh, basically think about like uh, ready prayer one so everyone can put on the gaggle and wearing the, the haptic uh, suits and and get into the world with all this kind of very, Uh, authentic uh, simulation of different sensories so i think at that point you have no way to tell which is reality which is virtual and that means there there is like infinite possibilities on storytelling because you can do whatever you like but there comes another question will you be too addicted? for people because right now people are so addicted to your cell phone, to the video games, right? So it's become the new drug fundamentally. So I think it's changing our, uh, um, neural system is like kind of distraction for sure. It create a lot of questions which still have no clear answer yet. So I'm pretty much looking forward to see how this brave new world will turn out and how everyone including the the government the tech giants and each individual might react and interact with this new way of existence
0: yeah it's scary and captivating at the same time uh you mentioned uh, interactive uh, novels interactive fiction uh it is uh a kind of storytelling that's, I think, uh, already been used by uh, some creators in cinema mostly and in video games, for example, um, some of our viewers uh, might have seen the Black Mirror episode called Bandersnatch, where the viewers of this uh, Netflix series Uh, could choose the actions of the characters uh, which would determine the outcome of the story Uh, do you know of any um, books which uh, you could recommend inside genre interactive fiction but in books i think there are
1: some for kids so they give you some options when you come to a certain story uh, uh, plot lines uh, on certain points you can make the decision which direction you want to go and it makes you to turn over to certain pages mm-hmm. and continue the plots so I think there are so many books about that but I I couldn't quite recall anyone uh, anyone because I read those books when I'm pretty young like around 10 or so but I think there's one book about like describing all this kind of interactive like books is The Diamond Age from Neil Stevenson. Mm-hmm. So maybe many of you might know he also created the term Avatar and Metaverse yeah, in Snow Crash. Yeah, he's super famous. He's like creating all this kind of fancy words and he's always my one of my writing idols. So I think that book actually set in future shanghai and talking about like how this kind of interactive book might change the kids like from this kind of interaction and direct them to unfold their future of possibilities which is totally totally amazing
0: which book is your favorite favorite in the genre of uh, sci-fi which is, uh, uh, which book would you call a must-read, uh, the one that everybody has to read? Right, there are so
1: many must-reads and classic and favorite ones. One of my favorite is Soraris from LAM, I just mentioned previously. Mm-hmm. And also like uh, uh, Pinnock at the Roadside is mm-hmm. from uh, Russian. Stugass. So, and also, I think, yep and 2001 space odyssey from Arthur c Clarke, and um you big from philip k dick so i think those are all classic and my all-time favorite
0: okay do you read any other books uh, except uh, sci-fi
1: um recently i read a, a fantastic book uh named uh, nova scene by james lovelock the British scientists uh, who brought up with the term Gaia back in the sixties. So this book was uh, published in 19, uh, 2019. So that's the year when James in his 99. So this book is actually talking about like Anthropocene. So the human civilization, is just a transmission to the next level Nova which is Mm -hmm. a pure silicon-based species civilization, which is way more efficient on energy and information level. So he thinks that's the ultimate purpose of the universe is to create some kind of consciousness, which can have this kind of dialogue with the universe itself. So that's a very, I, I, I couldn't say crazy because it's not a science fiction. It's a popular science book. So, I think it's even crazier than most of the science fiction I've ever read.
0: Well, the craziness of our reality exceeds uh, anything that could be invented by uh, even science fiction writers, uh, I think. Uh, Okay, so this new era of humankind is called the Nova Scene, right? for those those who misheard. Would you think that it uh, is problematic if the AI starts positioning itself as a person? I think uh, this question uh, continues our discussion about the AI uh, in the the direction that if the AI uh, becomes, let's say, conscious, uh, whatever we mean by that uh it may require some legal rights there will be ethical questions etc uh, etc et
1: right i believe like previous this year or last year like europe eu they are really serious discussing the uh, rights like the human rights for robots and ai but i don't think there's anything like convincing coming out so i think it depends how we define like uh uh like um agency with this kind of uh uh autonomy and with this kind of legitimacy on like self determined uh behaviour on a legal level, so I think that's totally something very complex it requires different inputs from uh interdisciplinaries. So I think that's not only from the tech perspective, but for all humanities.
0: I see. Uh, Unfortunately, I'm being told that we have run out of time.